0: And sad times will come along too. But the good times are worth it if we can just see the hard times through, and life is worth living
1: if we just. Well, hello there, everyone. It's time for Left After Breakfast. Here, of course, on Radio 3CR. 3CR, your only radio left. On a beautiful, beautiful Melbourne day at the... Friday the 13th love it all the good luck is coming our way and I'm joined of course by my co-host from CoHealth Glenn the 3CR historian his and her
2: historian our historian good morning glenn good morning my dear good morning to the listener 100 years ago today well, not today 100 years ago on this date December on this 13, date, yeah was the 8th strain federal election was it it was the first Australian federal election held after the passing of the 1918 Commonwealth Electoral Act, which introduced preferential voting, which is a uniquely Australian habit. Um, Habits. Well, I, I don't. Yeah, it's, it's a habit. Um, no, one else has it. It's it's quite unique to Australia. It's and it's quite outmoded. And I'll discuss a little bit today about that election and why it came about and why the electoral act came about. October 1918, a by-election in the Western Australian seat of Swan. The ALP candidate won 34.4% of the votes. The Nationalist Party, which is the predecessor of the Liberals, won 29.6% of the vote. The Country Party won 30.4%. So the Nationals and the Country Party combined won 6% 6 of the vote. Labor won 34% of the vote. Yet Labor won the seat. It was first-past-post voting. So because the Labor candidate got the most votes, more than the Liberals and the Nationals combined, Labor won. And the government rewrote the laws to make it a system called preferential voting, which meant you can vote one, two, three, four, five, whatever, and it doesn't have to be your first vote it counts. All your votes count to someone getting elected who might not be the person you want to have elected. So, there was a by-election held two months later. And it was the first time Australia voted on the preferential voting. It was held in Corangamite, Victoria. I know Corangamite. In the field of five, again, the ALP candidate got the most votes. They won 42.5% of the votes, and two months earlier, it would have won them the seat. But there was four conservative candidates who exchanged preferences, and either the Victorian Farmers and Candidate won, only won 26% of the vote, they won the seat, because the preference went to him. So Labor got the most primary votes, but the four conservatives exchanged votes, so a person who got only one quarter of the votes got elected.
1: So why was this preferential voting system put into place, Glenn? What are you saying?
2: Uh, it came about because the two... Uh, the What was the predecessor of a Liberal Party was called the Nationalist Party. Yeah. And there was no country party. There was a, a series of smaller country groups like the um, Victorian Farmers Union and those things. And their votes were being split. So, like I said, in the seat of Swan, the Labour County got the most votes, but far less than the combination of the four... Conservative candidates. And I thought, OK, something's wrong here. We're, getting, we're losing more votes are we're winning. So they brought in preference voting, which meant you can vote for Joe Blow and your preferences go to Paul Hansen. And it was a system where basically the votes of... You shared your votes. I mean, it's not the division of vote between the Nationalist Party and the Country Party. So be, uh, it really... That's why was came about. The Electoral Act 1918 meant you could we had a first past the post voting system where the person with the most votes won. And the opponents might be very similar, they got less first votes. But the similar opponents came together and they could share what's called the preferences. So it's unique in Australia, you can vote for someone and someone you don't want to get in gets in on your preferences. So you might vote one for the bag man. You might not want, you know, your preferences to flow through to, you know, Junior Reinhart. Well, your Well, that's how it works. You don't. Who you vote for doesn't mean Who you get in there. Preferences flow. It, it's an anachronism. It's uniquely Australian. Don't
1: discourage people from voting, please, Glenn. No,
2: I'm saying let, let's discuss it. We have issues in Australia with voting, like preferential is anachronism, the weighting of votes in certain seats, and again, since World War Two, there have been more and more people voting for parties other than the two main parties. And when we look back, you know, I'm looking here between 1949. In 1987, there were seven elections, and only, only four of those seven elections, more than 10% of people voted for a party beyond Labor and Liberal. Nowadays, about one third of Australians vote for a party, or between a quarter and a third vote for a party other the LNP or the ALP. There's an increased vote, but again, doesn't, doesn't mean those seats are distributed that way because of preferences. Um, look at the last election in 2019. Now, again, I want to say the LNP was the Liberals and the Nationals. Yeah, because there's no
1: party called the LNP. It's a combined. Mm. Mm.
2: But they have got 41.4% of the first vote Now, of, of Australians voted for them.
1: That's for the Liberal Party and the Nationals. Yeah. They got 41.4%. Of,
2: of Australian voters. Yeah. Now, let's be honest. The National Party on their own got 4.5% yeah. of the overall first preference. That'd be about right, yeah. And they won 10 seats in Parliament. Oh, yeah. The Greens got at 10.4% of the first votes, and they won one seat. They won one seat. Um, there's some issues here. Like, okay, why 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 do some votes have more so than others? Why are preferences? Why is preferences compulsory? Then in some states, there's optional preferential voting. Like in New South Wales, you might vote one Susanna Duffy, and that's where it ends. Run vote one Susanna Duffy and goes through to vote nine, who's, you know, um, Joe Blow, you know. So, I mean, like, I, the preferential voting is fine if you choose to have that as a system. But I said, um, it, both Queensland and New South Wales have optional preferential voting, which means you don't have to vote for people you don't want in power. So, 1990 was the first time Australia had a system of preferential voting. Well, why why haven't
1: we stopped it? Basically, what you are saying is it was put in to help the bloody Liberals.
2: Well, there were a couple of Liberals in those days. They were well, that.
1: whatever they were called, well, it was them. It's the same mob. Yeah. And we still have this preferential voting because that same mob wants to get in and stay in.
2: Hmm. What often means now is the candidate who wins is the least disliked. Not the, the most disliked. lot. Well, as I said,
1: in, in well, we always vote for the one we dislike the least.
2: But again, why should you have to vote one, two, three, four, for all the way down to something you don't want, you don't consider? How particularly
1: do you- when there are some people who don't
2: understand. And as I said, in New South Wales and Queensland, you can just vote one, and that's it. That, that's legal. But Australia-wide, federally, it has to be exhaust for ticket. Mm. And you get a whole lot of informal votes because people don't realize you've got to vote one to 28. In the Senate, it's changed now. The Senate's changed their voting systems. In the past, you had to vote one to 2,000, what yeah. it was. <laughs> now you vote like the first, like, it's one to five for your five senators, yeah. whatever it is. And that makes far more sense. Why can't we do it in the House of Reps?
1: They've got a totally different system in New Zealand, haven't they? They've, yeah. It's
2: quite weird. And in Tasmania, the hair clerk system. The Kiwis have. Now I'm not an expert on what they've got. It's called multi-member electorates, where you can vote for your can. You have like two. Can- I think I'm... if um, if my kiwi friends are listening, and it's like two MPs in the one seat. You can vote for the person you like, and then the party you like. Right. You might vote. I'll vote for Labor, but I like this candidate from the Mary Party, so I'll vote for her too. Yeah. And that's why. And you have two MPs, and then- there's no contradiction here, and it reflects voters' wishes. Oh. You know, whereas here I've got to vote, okay, I'm going to vote Labor and my least favourite candidate, I said Pauline Hanson, and the way it works, with preference swaps and deals, Pauline might get on my Labor vote. Now, is that is that right? Is that how it should be? And actually it came in back in 1918. And as I said, the reason was in, this, in October 1918, in the Western Australian seat of Swan, the ALP candidate got 34.4% of the vote and won. When, and they, when they changed the rules two months later, and their election was held, the Labour candidate still got the same amount of votes, but lost, because the country party, and Nationals Party, swapped their preferences. So it's, about, it's a system which is quite unique in Australia, where you don't get the person you most want, you get the person you least dislike. And as I said, Queensland, New South Wales have systems of voting, where you don't have to put your preferences there. But federally, we're stuck in a bit of a time warp. Let's do the time warp again. It's just a step to the left. I'm oh, sorry. Oh, well, well, I wish it was a step to the left. <laughs> it was been a step to the right for the last few decades. jump to the right. A big jump. But 100 years ago, it was the first time federally we had a system of preferential voting. And it's, as I said, it's less and less people vote for the two main parties. There's an increase in voting for the smaller parties. And it's gathering momentum the last three decades. The war was once you a know, less than 10% of voters voted for the smaller parties. Now they've spent 15 to 20%.
1: Scott Morrison's still got him. You know that sort of yeah, that marketing chappy, you know yeah. that Pentecostal <laughs> marketing bloke? Yeah, I hate, I hate, mate. It's great. He came to the he came to power on the back of misinformation on well, it, slogans and murder.
2: He's in power. Now, but maybe if we had preferential voting, he might not be in power. Mm. Maybe he would be in power. Who knows? But I'm saying it's, it's an anachronism. It came in a century ago and it, it served a purpose at the time. As I said, it came in because the... The Nationalist Party, which is the predecessor of the Liberal Party, and the various... Didn't parties. get enough votes. But, well, they got votes,
1: but they didn't get the first-past-vote votes. They didn't get enough, so they mm. use this other system. Gee, it's good, isn't it? You have a voting system set up, and um, you know, and then your group doesn't really get... So you think, oh, shit, let's change the voting. And they did. So even if we don't get there, we'll still get they there. They did. Hmm. It's like, um, God, I remember when... Um, Gough Whitlam as in and they were saying, "Look, this is a mistake. You'll have to go back and vote again." Mm. Um It was just they just couldn't believe this. This didn't happen. Yep. What? What? What was it, listener? What did they say? Was it John Hewson? No, John Hewson said, "You can't always get what you want." Mm. No, but that they didn't believe that Labor should have been there, so it was a mistake. Yeah, mistake was like, oh my
2: god. I've seen worse things happen, now. Well, the last election, the, again, not just preferential voting, it's how seats are devised. Like, the Greens got 10.4% of the first vote, got one seat. But now has got 4.5% of the first vote, got 10 seats. And if 14.8% of Australians didn't vote for Labor, Liberal Nats, Natural Greens, they got three seats. I mean, why do some votes have more weight than others? Is it the electorates themselves? Do they have more it is weighted towards the rural seats. The rural seats have that it's weighted, so the rural seats have less people, but less people in a bigger area equates to more votes. As I said, Nats four point five percent of the votes, ten seats. Greens ten point four percent, one vote. Fourteen point eight percent of Australians voted for anyone beyond those parties. Only three seats. You know, it's just we have a. Let's vote, yes, voting is important. But let's make it relevant to people's requirements. And is preferential voting relevant? I don't think it's, it should be. Maybe optional preferential. But this, this day, 13th of December, well, 100 years ago, was the first federal election with this system of voting. And it's uniquely Australian. And it was 100 years ago. December 13th. So Gone
1: well, let's see if we can do something about changing it. Who can we speak to? Well, the pollies don't care, but it suits them the system. Not well, the conservative polls don't care because it suits them
2: well it, well it, it's gone both ways over the years I mean, has it wellPs won sets on preferences won elections on preferences, as have the libs I'm seeing here um uh, it mainly supported the mainly supported the Libs part of world War iI preferences um, yeah
1: yeah well, perhaps it has gone the Labour's way once or twice, but surely. So it's really, it's a fear of having smaller parties or shock, gasp, independence winning in front of their, um, well, their puppets, mainly the puppets they have there. Talking of puppets, Jesus, listener, I'm very, very angry with all you people who voted for Scott Morrison. And once again, it's like John Howard. I I don't
2: think many listeners would vote for Scott. Well, it's like
1: John Howard. It's like Jeff Kennett. I've never come across
2: anyone
1: who voted for them.
2: I've been there, my dear.
1: Ever in my life. I've never met a person who voted for John Howard, and I bet I have. They just hid it. And I never met a person who voted for Jeff Kennett, and I bet I did. They just lied. Because you would lie, wouldn't you, if you voted for Jeff Kennett? Well, you know, and I've never come across anyone who voted for this bloody Morrison person. But then, you know, once again, I think people hide it. If you want to vote for a man, I don't know, why did you vote for a man who cheated to get his pre-selection, a man who manoeuvred and backstabbed to get his leadership, a man whose reign has been punctuated by scandal after scandal after scandal with no consequence? I'm talking about Morrison. Oh, yeah. Australia is now, as Australia suffocates with this bloody calamity, scientists beg the politicians to do something. Instead, the, our, minister, our Prime Minister is scribbling away in his most precious endeavour, enshrining the privilege of his prejudices mm. in the name of religious uh, liberty. And I'm angry at everyone else because I'm in Australia who voted for him because I have this... Horrible, horrible, horrible fear, Glenn. Mm-hmm. Yes, I'm always You know, used. sort of preferential voting or yep. whatever. Yep, This horrible thing mm-hmm. that in a couple of years' time and the haze has been swept away mm-hmm. and the fires have been finally put out by mm-hmm. the snows of winter that people will forget and this smirking bastard will be re-elected. My thoughts and prayers.
2: The of thoughts and prayers... Well, they haven't worked on the fires yet. They, well, they'll work eventually. Now, speak, speaking of thoughts and prayers and preferential voting... Between 1955 and 1972, DLP preferences helped the LNP win 34 seats. Well, in these seats where ALP had a high, had the higher first vote than the LNP, but DLP preferences got the LNP across the board. And that's how preferences work. So you, the, the main, most popular candidate for your seat is this person. Yeah. But they don't win because the preferences to someone else get someone else across the seat. And it just, it, it skewers the voting pattern. I mean, do you want to have the most popular person in your seat or the least disliked? It can be the same person or it can be quite different. And again, it's uniquely Australian system. It came in 100 years ago today. And okay, everything is changing. Like, you know, look, we have a constitution which is out of date. We have a voting system which is out of date. It's 2020. Where are we going no, so it's almost thousand twenty. Well, Where are we going? What, it's
1: Five weeks away or something? No, it's not. It's three and a bit weeks away. Is it? Oh well, it th- is. What's a week or two between comrades? Well,
2: a week or don't two. Don't
1: chop at me, God! You sound like the bagman. He's not far
2: away. He's, he's on the phone very soon, isn't he?
1: Well, possibly not. It depends. Really? Whether, well, the fires, you see.
2: The fires? What fires? Oh, yes, the bushfires. All over Australia. Oh, my thoughts and prayers with the bagman.
1: Oh no! The we're... prime ministers are. No, we don't send thoughts and prayers to the bagman. we it we, we send thoughts and prayers that Jesus will stop the rain. No, we send bagman support, solidarity to the bagman. That's what we said, <laughs>
2: don't we, listener? Yes. You of saw that, that, that tragedy in Atau a the other day, of that volcano. And the company in charge of the cruise said their prayers were for the victims. What is it about around the world now with prayers? God it made me what laugh. Is it? But I, I felt sick. There's poor people have been killed, and there's some, there's some serious issues here. And the company's best statement is our prayers with the families of the victims. Your prayers? How's it going to bring them back? What's it going to do? to Bring someone back? You know? No. I mean, we're having all these horrible tragedies, and the best you can say is my prayers are with you. What's happened to science and technology and knowledge? Are they archaic concepts in this day and age? What's happening, my dear? Yes, I don't know. When you say that,
1: I can't recall in my life hearing this stuff about prayers, thoughts and prayers people uh. until the last year, or until USA took over so much of Australia, really.
2: Well, that's been happening for a long time, my dear. But as I said, we I've said this on a show so often in the last few years. Our constitution indicates we're a secular nation.
1: We are, we are a secular country. And
2: every, every census, the last three decades, less and less of us have identified with religion. Yet they have more and more power, these churches. And is it because they're fearful of losing their power? And David, these churches, they don't pay tax. They pay no tax. They don't get handouts from the government. They The government helps pay for their, their schools, their hospitals. And no,
1: they don't pay tax.
2: They don't pay tax. Isn't there an issue here? Isn't there a problem? Am I, am I unique, Susan? Oh, I'm I um, the only person who has a problem with this with situation.
1: Oh, look, seriously. Uh, look. I'm I I serious, my dear. I don't know. I really oh, nice don't know. This. Nice um, I really don't know.
3: I'm next
1: to I saw recently, I read recently mm-hmm. that there was some church leader complaining about scientists saying they were using propaganda oh, to mould people to their yeah. own... Like, like Galileo did. To their, so, well, like the to, to, to their own ideas, well, like the churches do, using propaganda to mould people to their own ideas. Galileo, Galileo he was
2: well, it was right, but it didn't help him much, did it? <laughs> no, it didn't, because the, the the powers of you know the powers of thought aren't acceptable. Mm. I mean, it is concerning. Look, and you know, and this is um, for those who believe in this flying spaghetti man. This is their time of the year coming up—the birth of this bloke, the the virgin birth—happens in a few weeks.
1: Yes, a, an old. Um, Lovely old uh, sort of legend. Well, not legendary. It's oh, not legend. It's mythology of Mithra. I really like Mithra. His mother was a virgin. This oh, is about four thousand BCE. Oh, I can't wait. Uh, he's from Persia. Yeah, but, beautiful per- his, um he was a nice god. His mother was a virgin, and he came from somewhere near this lake, somewhere lake, you know, in Persia. This is absolutely amazing, having a lake of water. Like You know, fresh water in the middle of Persia. And Mithra drew up, and he was a shepherd, was it? and he saved people. And you often see there are old pictures of him, old depictions of Mithra yeah. with a lamb in his arms. Oh, yeah,
2: I've seen that before. Yeah,
1: that's Mithra. I thought it was Jesus. Sorry, that's Mithras. Uh, Wasn't it Jesus? No, it was Mithras.
2: Oh. Well, who's this bloke that's supposed to be born on oh. December 25th? And his mum was a virgin too. That like... dark-skinned swarthy chap. But how can he? How can his mum... That refugee. How can his mum be a virgin? That refugee. Yeah, I don't know if he's a refugee or not, but... Of course I... he was a refugee. How can his mum be a virgin? I don't understand. That. What does science Glenn, say? About... Glenn, please. I'm listening, my dear. You
1: went to the Catholic primary school.
2: No, my father did. <laughs> I did my father
1: did? Would you oh. know the story of the Nativity of Jesus, Mary, yes, and Joseph? I know. I
2: know.
1: Fleeing Egypt, fleeing persecution, yeah, fleeing death, they were refugees. Yeah, but they didn't go on a boat. And everywhere they went, they, they were, the they doors were shut against them. No room at the inn until they found an old stable outside a place called Bethlehem.
2: Oh, yeah, it's where the the Palestinians and the people are
1: Yes, that's right. But they were refugees for heaven's sake, so that's what Jesus, this, there's no such, there was never any such <laughs> oh, I person. I know that, you there's know that, well, no listener knows that. And the word virgin does not mean the way we use it. Well, what does it. it mean? It doesn't mean in the sense we use it now, it means a woman who was not ruled by a man.
2: I'd, 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 I'd say Single.
1: No, because single women would have a brother, okay, or a father, maybe a spinster, or um, no, she. Well, no. ga-
2: make them. made gay.
1: No, they didn't. They didn't have them. But they I, didn't but have them. How a virgin? I, I, I'm confused. I'm really confused. You're thinking of virgin in the modern sense. <laughs> I'm not sure what it means in this context. In the earliest context in yes. which this language was written, in the well, I and then in the, and then of course in the Greek,
0: yeah.
1: it means a woman who is not ruled by a man. She's not married. She has no father to like, order like her, her
2: about. Athena. Athena's a goddess. But well, she had no man to order her around. He was a goddess. I, I'm confused. Goddesses, virgins. I don't understand this. I'm really confused. Just don't think a virgin the way we think of
1: virgin. No. Like a virgin.
2: It's virginal, ridiculous.
1: Yes, it is.
2: It's almost that but, time of the year. But
1: Mithras, the time earth. of year for Mithras. I rather like this time of year in the old um, Norse styles. They were pretty good. Yeah, what well, if they do? Um, well, Yol, the wheel of the year, Yol yeah. or Yule, it turns around. Tide. And they have this most, in every place in Europe from which most of us come in Australia. Mine from Germany and Ireland. Well, Europe, yes. Yeah. Mine also from Europe. Most of my listeners are. Their ancestors from Europe, apart mm. from my own family. <laughs> but, Where are they from? Well, I, I'm thinking of the next generation down from oh, me. Yeah, yeah. I have some of those who have no connection to Europe, but they have through me. Indeed. But it was a time of midwinter darkness. And can you imagine, Glenn, at those times when people didn't really understand about seasons? They knew seasons <laughs> still came don't. and went. They knew they came and went, yeah. they just knew. It was very cold and very dark and nothing was growing yeah. and their animals couldn't you know, eat forage. They used to die. They were just, people would die from yeah. the cold and the lack of food and they'd be thinking, will the sun come back? Will it get warm again? Yeah. It would have been a constant anxiety. Of course, it was unnecessary anxiety, as someone in our government would have said. But I got through it. But they got through it by holding towards the middle because they were bloody good at counting their dates. In the middle of the winter. Solstice. At at the 22nd, the 23rd, they would have a huge celebration. Yeah, equalised to say, come back, come back, Mm. (laughs) sun, and blow me down. It came back. The sun came back. The powers of magic. So they had the most fantastic bloody, you know, all celebrations. Oh, would, oh, anything, anything goes, anything a Bac- goes. A Bacalian orgy. Bacchanalian. Bacchanalian. He left out one syllable easy enough to do, Glenn. I, I do it myself. It's a big it's word a big to get through stuff. my, that's, but up in, particularly Norway, they used to have a fabulous, well, tradition over the midwinter uh, feasts and the celebration mm-hmm. is that they would all get a bit drunk. And they would have a great big uh, cup oh, yeah? and it was called the Braga Cup. Okay, cool. And you picked up the cup and you went Braga. You bragged. Braga. You bragged about what you had done in the last year. Braga. I did this and I, and you used to brag, the bragging cup. Why not? And it was encouraged and cultivated and applauded. You with the bragging cup, I think it's just fantastic. Okay. Um, and we really have there only we don't call it any kind of religious thing. It's just people get in their cups and tell stories. I might do it tonight. The one that got
2: away. I might do it tonight. Well, my dear, it's time for me to head off to work. I'll love you and leave you. Um, it's called Siliensis season next few weeks, so I'll urge listeners to enjoy the silly season. Don't be too silly, but don't have be, too be silly. safe. Mm. Look after yourselves. You're listening to Radio 3CR. This is Suzanne Duffy's Left After Breakfast. We'll be back next year in 2020 CE. And until myself, sorry, if I'm myself, I will say until next year, chocula. Chocula to you, Glenn. And
1: while while Glenn's packing up his knapsack and moving along, um, I, I will be calling into studio an excellent guest and old comrade Weeds.
0: Feel like going back home Right now while the mangoes are right Friend, your penny's starting to bloom And them blue bones starting to bite Hey, mom, I can just taste your fish sip and rice I'm coming back home to you Connect the pace of the city life Sooner we dreaming in brook Heading out to Blackberry Tree now Hey, the dusty mud stuck in our head I'm a larry yes, we But if i well, she really don't care. Hey, mom, I can just Just taste your fish, soup, and rice. I'm coming back home to you. Connect the pace of the city life. Sooner be dreaming and brewing. Lazy breeze blowing through your mind. I blue seas, can't you feed there any time? The luggers are in on the springtime, and the gambling house is back. Wankahill muckon would we'll sit on but a lot of you we got put the in front And dad we're gonna rag a little johnner tonight Make a riot sing with the moon Connect the pace of the city life Sooner be dreaming and bright So I feel like going back home Right now while the garbage is ripe The jiggle tree's starting to bloom And them gidders starting to bite Hey mom, I can just taste your Soup and rice, I'm coming back home to you. Connect the face of the city life. Sooner be dreaming and Rome. Sooner be dreaming and Rome. Sooner be dreaming and Rome.
1: love that song, listen to the bloody Pilgrim Brothers. Pingren, I can never quite say it. I have in the studio with me this morning a wonderful old comrade. I don't mean old comrade, I mean a, a comrade, a long-time comrade. Weeds, good morning, Weeds.
3: Morning, Susanna, good morning, listeners.
1: Yeah, good on that. Remember that voice, I've heard that coming out from the concrete gang many a time. Many years ago. Yeah, but still, look, I love that, that one. What do they call the pink, pingren?
3: Pilgrim maybe or
1: Pilgrim The Pilgrim Brothers, brothers. Yeah. I, I hope I hope that's your phone and not no. mine which would be just awful
3: Can't afford one Comrade.
1: Um, I've just that was actually the bag man trying to contact me at 8.30 in the morning for him but it's not a problem it's quite alright because he probably doesn't realise what the time is it's alright bag man we have weeds with us so it'll keep us going Oh, it's a, really, it's this time of year everyone goes a bit silly. Before any say anything, weeds, can I say something? Do you know what the Time Person of the Year award is? Oh, it's not an award. It's a thing. It's um, an annual issue of the magazine that features and profiles a person. I'm reading this, listener. That features and profiles a person, a group, an idea or an object that for better or worse has done the most to influence the events of the year and that's why we have Greta as the time person of the year because she's done most to influence the events of the year and as for the oh, the people god they've crawled out of the woodwork haven't they Weeds?
3: well what do you expect from the from the um, president of the the uh, home of the free and the brave, just ask a lot of them, see what they think about that. But yeah, I mean, good on her. I mean, she deserves every bit of that because what she has done single-handedly and really and, and, and it's a great, great benefit to her is she's motivated children, she's motivated kids. These are, you know, a lot of, a lot of times they're forgotten in, in our community, yet they're only a couple of years away and then they are going to be striving for... Uh, recognition in their own right, in their own life, their own t- places to work and what have you, yet uh, up until they're supposedly 18, they're, they're, they're invisible people. Now, she got out there with the one sign there one day and stood outside a class and she demonstrated, and again the word demonstrated, the right, uh, the right to demonstrate and also about climate change. And from that because of the social media today, it just went viral and all the other kids got on board and next thing you know, there was protests, demonstrations across the world led by one young lady um, holding up a sign and good honour and she deserves every single bit of it and as we always say, more power to the people and more so to our children or younger persons.
1: More, More power to her. There's a chap called The Blot. Uh, he calls himself a journalist too, um, Andrew Blot. I, I believe he writes for Murdoch, I'm not sure. Oh, but yes. He's oh, yes. absolutely... Talk about dummies, bit.
3: Yeah.
1: His latest diatribe was, why wasn't it
3: Pell? Well, yeah, well, we know why it wasn't Pell, but then again, I suppose, should should we or shouldn't we use the same... Same uh, children and pal in the same same it, sentence? I don't think so.
1: Oh, i sorry. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry, listener. I sorry, listen. I, I, uh, I shouldn't have said anything like that. But, you know, the dummy spit
3: is pretty bloody. It's well, what I've seen. It makes me ill. That's what you get with this conservative, uh, right-wing conservatism today, is you have people that just cannot, they cannot stand any type of, of uh, organisation that's proving stuff that it's anyone throwing stuff into everyone's face that's right just because these people knuckle dragging Neanderthals the Anderthals, can't get it through their head that climate change which is now the new word but it used to be called global warming which is more more to the fact that that it's there it's present it's there every day and it's going it's getting worse now these people want to live live in their shell uh, underground somewhere I'll help them dig the hole because that's where they all belong.
1: God. I um I wonder actually, weeds, what they've got, what bolt holes they've got for themselves are very rich. Do they have sort of a whole bloody community out in the middle of Arnhem Land that they've that you know, that they're gonna go to. It's got underground water and they've got all this stuff they've been hoarding or or have they really got a Mars colony set up. I mean, what are they going to do when the whole planet burns? Because they're on it too. It isn't just
3: us. Yes, and unfortunately, it's it's the ones that with with not much uh, money or not much to to uh, sort of survive on or whatever. They're the ones that always always cop it because the ones that are that are well off, like these people we're speaking of, um, have the means to get away from it and. Conspiracy theory, if you like. I mean, why all this rush all of a sudden to get rockets to Mars and into space travel? Yeah. And you've got all these billionaires, multi-billionaires, that are that are going to have all this space travel and whatever. Because they're getting out of dodge, as we used to say in the old. Uh, because the, you know the, the the capitalism knows no end. It's just it it it's now at the stage where it's starting to gorge on its own self. And this is what we're up against now. It's it's it's. They have the money, they have the means. It doesn't really affect them. The only thing that'll affect them is is a return to the nineteen twenties when the stock market absolutely collapsed, and quite a few of them got their right whack, as we say. But but still, old money sort of still seems to stay around, and these parasites still keep going. But we need a what they call today a level playing field, so we can all start again.
1: We do. We, yeah, look. They've all just uh they've just got another rise, you know well, the Prime Minister has.
2: Well, yeah. this of
1: uh, the stress he's been working under. Though you understand about Centrelink, don't you? we just have, oh a couple of months back now we had um you reach us one of your fabulous writings they they they're called poems something
3: poems well yes well. about
1: Centrelink. i wonder whether you would do that again for us well it
3: is it is about people with something and uh, with a lot and people with absolutely nothing and and just just before i start that i'd just like to uh, say something here is that you often hear different journalists and politicians use this ah oh, it's a living wage or something they can live on well you don't live on it; you survive on it. I'll just just give you this for an in- living, an income sufficient to live on, and the means to earn it. Surviving, managing to keep going in difficult circumstances, and that is what Centrelink is. You are just surviving to to, to survive on it. So I'll uh, just keep leave that with you, and just do the Centrelink blues one. Centrelink Blues Centrelink Blues, empty pockets, holes in my shoes, that's what you get with the Centrelink Blues, homeless, jobless, hungry, and cold, bracing against the critical mold, unqualified, too qualified, too young, too old, Asian, African, do as you're told, too brown, different face, too black, different race. Strange hair, no hair. Report here, report there. Be at the interview on time. Click online or get a Centrelink fine. Empty pockets, holes in your shoes. That's what you get with the Centrelink blues. Robo debt, Robo cop, Robo letters. How do I pay? That's okay, they say, on $38 a day. Guilty, innocent. You must pay, they say. It's just what happened the other day. You must obey. Demonised, ostracised, all just a ruse of the vindictive Centrelink blues. No work, out of work. Can't work, injured at work. No sympathy, no remorse. Centrelink, Centrelink takes its inhumane course. Lights the fuse, for the Centrelink Blues. Clothes for the interview, you pay. All on $38 a day. Fares and travel, you pay. All on $38 a day. And they say, that's okay. Centrelink say, you must obey. Or sleep in a doorway, in harm's way. It's our way or the highway, they say. And that's okay. Work for the doll, you must obey. For $38 a day, and they say that's okay. Muslim, Catholic, Buddhist, or Jew all end up with the Centrelink Blues. Waiting around the soup kitchen queues, the welcome mat of the Centrelink Blues. Empty pockets, holes in my shoes, that's what you get with the Centrelink Blues. Dare to struggle, dare to win. If you don't fight, you lose. That's why this old unionist will always fight the Centrelink Blues.
1: Indeed. Oh, yes, that's... Uh, look, it just made me think of when you mentioned jet just recently we heard about a young woman who was hit with a very big jet. Oh, well, it was very big for her. It was $38,000 or something. Well, bloody big for me too. <laughs> big for you all know. of us. <laughs> that, uh, and for money she'd paid, that she said she had never ever received any payments from Centrelink in her life. Mm. And they said, now, come now, we've, you, we've overpaid you at 38000 And she took in all her bank accounts from the time she was 60 years old.
3: Yeah, <laughs> good <on.
1: laughs> and That's when we were. used
3: to have those little blue books. <laughs>
1: yes, yes. <laughs> and uh, in, and they said, that's not good enough. It must have been paid into some other account. And she did all this stuff and then she finally found out through some kind of guile from the ombudsman that it was for childcare payments, mm-hmm. and which she said she'd never had a child. Yeah. Much yeah. less had any. And you know what they said in the end? Oh, must have been a mistake on our computer. A glitch. Mm. See you later.
3: bit like the software uh, errors in the banking. Uh, yeah.
1: 23 million of them.
3: Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes, it was quite quite interesting about that because there had there was probably two years two and a half years campaign to stop this robo debt these robo letters um, and uh um, all of a sudden there was a few court court hearings and they were it was found to be illegal what they were doing. It in, was in some some aspect. I'm going to ask you to put your headphones on, there, wits. I know
1: you old BLF voice don't like the headphones, <sighs> but we've got. But you want them now because we can say good morning, Bagman.
4: Ah, oh, good morning, Susan. Good morning, Wee.
3: Morning, comrade.
4: Ah, oh, good to hear your voice again. There's an old saying in this business: don't take a holiday, because you're doing quite well there, and I'm afraid that there might be, not be a spot for me when I come back.
3: I think you'll be all right, mate. I think you'll be oh, pretty well, good. <laughs> good, to hear you.
4: good to hear your musings anyway, and I hope there's going to be a poet or a poem there at some stage. I'm only on for about five minutes, because I'm about to, in about five minutes' time, I'm going to enter a very large tunnel. Uh, where I'll be cut off. But I've got to ask you, Weeds, and got to tag you, Weeds, and tag you, Susan. Oh, thank you. How good is this government? How good are they? They're multi-skilled because the Minister of Government Services, Stuart Roberts, is in the hot seat after what? He was spotted baptising tourists in Israel when he was supposed to be sitting in Parliament. How good are they?
1: Multiskilled is the word. What was it Baptising?
4: Oh, my. he was baptising tourists in Israel when he was supposed to be sitting in Parliament. Unbelievable. I, I, words fail me. About what this government can do and what they can get away with, uh, because they are, they are run by a, a bunch of Bible bashers. And it was good to see this week too that Sydney is uh, shrouded with uh, with smoke from the bushfires. That uh, Scott Morrison, the uh, the Prime Minister who refuses uh, to accept the climate change, his car was stuck in the lift in Bright Street and building. Um, it went down when bushfire smoke triggered the smoke alarms.
1: How's, How's that for justice? I have a neighbour who's a smoker and he's gone uh, to Sydney for a couple of weeks to stand on a corner. Yeah. He, uh, he he says it's saving him 60 bucks a day. He what? Can, <laughs> well, he doesn't have to buy any yeah. packets of smoke and he just stands on the corner. He <laughs> says it's great. Yeah.
4: And, you know, just how mean and how petty is this government? Morrison took an Air Force 737. and that's a pretty big airliner. He's a big from Canberra, Well, yeah, from Canberra to Sydney the other night for the sole purpose of attending drinks with the Murdoch family. Oh, and then returned on it. The next day. It was well, parked, it
1: wasn't it? So it was parked waiting for him. It was parked <laughs> waiting for him. <laughs> the big Air uh, Force jet. And he, he was probably full of uh,
4: beer, which he, uh, he likes to drink uh, every now and then. Um, and at the same time that he was flying from point A to point B, he was refusing requests. From firefighters to fund aerial fighting capabilities. Oh, come on,
1: they they like being their bag
4: man. That's right. He said that. He said that. At the same time, they're crowdfunding these firefighters on the ground, and they've been on the ground for a month or so. They're they're crowdfunding to buy uh, hoses and food and whatever. Their lunch uh, money, this, yeah. Their uh, lunch money. This is this is a cruel and. Uh, Um, a mean government.
3: You would think, Bad Mang, if they had all that spare time, these politicians, instead of baptising people, they'd be up there helping these volunteers by even manning the food trucks or giving water water or doing something that that would be uh, considered as uh, uh, helping out the community and and these brave uh, volunteers that we have. It's too scared to...
4: I think you want to live in a place
1: called
3: Utopia where Or um, well, maybe <laughs> yeah. I've been watching too much of it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, okay. Big it's good to hear from you. Yeah. Good on
4: you, Susan. I'm about to enter the tunnel. Yeah. Um there was uh there was good news on the uh on the um uh, court front last Friday. Um but I can't Tell you about can't it. Can't tell us about I it. Okay. Can't tell you about it. Good night. Uh, uh, good night will do. Good morning. We'll do it. Good, morning. <laughs>
1: good, good to hear from you,
4: comrade. No good worries. Bye bye. Bye bye.
1: Well, it was the bad man for you, for heaven's sake. I knew he'd drop in from somewhere just in.
3: I don't think time. he's got too much to worry about his spot.
1: Because uh, <laughs> uh, I wanted to hear from your latest uh, no. home. Which is about you? You're calling it domestic violence. I'm calling it domestic assault. Um, domestic violence seems like a,
3: I don't know, like a wishy-washy name well, now. And well, you- they call it family violence now. They've, yeah. they've new genera- The new generations they don't really know what to call it, so they just keep changing names. But yeah, um, it's it's ever present in the news. It's 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 always there. It's always been there, but it's now it's getting a lot of spotlight on it. And I just listened to an interview the other day um, with one of the senior police on uh, the radio, and he was saying that there was uh, eighty three thousand call outs for family or domestic abuse that 's eighty three thousand call outs so when you sort of factor all that in it it is just it is just growing and growing and growing and the unfortunate part of it is that um, what sort of men have got to understand here is they've got to start putting their hand up and, and realizing that that it's you know it, it it's not all men but the majority of it is is that they're they're the they're the cause of this. They've got to really start taking stock of of of, of what they how they feel how they act. I mean because the end result of it is it's death.
1: It's death. Yes.
3: Is that that's final and then with that you it becomes. Uh, nine times out of ten, these people are caught. They go through the courts. They're in jail. Obviously, the the mother or partner is dead, and then there's children involved. And what happens then? They, they then they if they don't have extended family or immediate family to look after them, they end up in the in the state system, and then we know what happens to kids in the state system they become victims again or or um, they, they become very traumatised again from even living with, with family violence and then have to go through the state, and the state has not got a very good record, as we know, of looking after kids. And yeah, no, not at all. So I put a few words together, and a very, very good friend of mine, Natasha, she helped me uh, format it into a type of a, a poem. So uh, I'll try and get through this. So, it's Domestic Violence Blues. Black, blue and bruised. Belittled and abused. Perpetrators stand accused. The chilling reality of domestic violence blues. Behind closed door doors, a war is raged. Trapped in a domestic cage. Innocent children <coughs> feel fists of rage. Domination, aggravation, humilia- humiliation enforced on young women, married, single or divorced. Marriage vows, broken and shattered, just like the loving life that once mattered. Women and children, brutally battered, used as pawns in a game of control, to ensure a brutal mental hold. Delays, inaction, the fact remains, no new refuges, despite the campaigns, nowhere to flee to, when she complains, she was strong, she was brave. Now family and friends bend over her grave. <clears throat> nowhere to run, nowhere to hide the ever-present memory of Jekyll and Hyde. A rising tide of homicide has become society's scourge and in its wake another funeral dirge. Whether Asian, African, black or white, life is filled with fear or flight. Where is the help to put it right? Domestic violence doesn't discriminate. Its purpose is to harm and intimidate. In a cunning ploy with an electioneer, some politicians shed a crocodile tear. Using domestic violence to enhance their career, in front of the nation, they will tell you a story to bathe themselves in self-obsessed glory. Still women suffer this insidious curse. Battered and bruised, <coughs> or what is worse, one woman a week in the coroner's hearse. Violence remains, blow after blow. Australia hang your head down low. Black, blue and bruised, belittle and abused perpetrators stand accused the chilling reality of domestic violence blues thank you
1: oh sorry i had to um take a breath there there are two women i know now i've seen to their graves
3: yes yeah it's 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 the end result i mean murdered uh, by uh, men who said they loved them well that's that's thing i mean it it's all there and then this 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 whatever happens just cloud of whatever comes over them and then that that person is gone finished with and then the circumstances there it 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 needs addressing and where you start you're gonna you, it, I think that it needs it's got to be education from from childhood at this 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 thing of masculinity this thing of that that men have the right to be dominant over everything in life. And once you get rid of that, I think, yeah. And and also to be able to adjust themselves to thinking that the person that they're with, their partner, their wife, their whatever is an equal, Mm. not someone that, that is for, for their dominance. Yeah. And I think once that gets into the male psyche, uh, it's, it's a stepping stone in the right direction, but it's, it's going to take a long time. It's going to take a lot, but, uh, uh, as sort of noticed of late, that women are starting to get up, get up a bit. They're starting to get more recognition. They're starting to get you know, they're starting to be more front and centre. And when we have the equal pay and the equal rights
1: and stuff, when we bit, get equal pay, yes. we still don't have equal pay for women. bag men. Did you see those mushroom workers recently? These women were getting paid six dollars oh, less and- an hour than the men.
3: That was gindy cheese, wasn't it? Gindy 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 cheese. Cheese. I said
1: mushrooms. I meant cheese workers. (laughs) Oh, you've been
3: on the mushrooms. (laughs) Um, Yeah, gindy cheese workers. Yeah, they were working. And they all went out. Yeah, they did. Yeah, yeah. And uh, they just said we're sick and tired of it. And why should be doing exactly the same job as the bloke beside me for six dollars less? This is this uh, the harvester decision back, Massey (laughs) Ferguson. (laughs) That's right. Back back when we used to when with the. Round about the same time they had that thing that had three eights on it. Remember that? Three eights. Yeah. Eight hours pay, eight Oh, hours that, that, that thing. Remember that, that thing? Oh, that, thing. that oh. thing. You know, Up there in, in Carlton, up in Victoria Street, <laughs> the, in Ligon Street. I,
1: many is a year that I've laid my wreath on that, on the monument <laughs> yes. to the eight-hour day, that the judge there made the decision that the basic wage was for men and it had to be enough to support a man and his wife and two children. Hmm, hmm. Bad, luck if they had three children or yes. the, or eight as they used to have in those days, but that's why women were paid less. Well, that's that's the bloodish. Yeah, well, yeah. well you should, should speak to Phil Cleary someday. Um, where it says yes. there's the man who's been absolutely fighting for recognition of the murders of women yes. since his own sister was murdered years ago, hmm. and her murderer got away with what he said. Provocation. She had provoked him. She provoked him, t- so he murdered her. Mm. And the way she she provoked him was she left him. Yeah. So a week later, he went and sat outside her workplace. And as she walked down the street and opened the gate of her workplace, he leapt out of his car and stabbed her 11 times. Mm. She provoked
3: him. Yes. He yeah. got two years or something. Well, so, th- so the other thing is, i I've sort of made a little bit of uh, uh, Notice in the, in the poem, there is that with these safe houses. Now, a lot, of, a, a lot of problem is that women would love to go, they would just like to get out of, take their kids and run and go, or just leave if they don't have kids. But there's nowhere to go. If they don't have other family, there is nowhere for them to go. Now, these safe houses, the way that government, state, federal waste money yeah. is that if they put them together, and you have safe houses for these people, these women to go to, these abused people to go to it that's another that 's another step in the right direction, so that so there 's anonymity there, so they can 't be found, and that way they 're out of harm 's way as, as we say and um, but that doesn 't seem to be there 's no election, so it doesn 't get used it, yeah. it doesn 't get uh, talked about, but you 've got to start. If they can get out of the house and, or, or whatever situation they're in and there is somewhere safe for them and their children to be, that's another start of it. But um, you won't hear that again until the next election, unfortunately.
1: The last round of federal funding for safe houses for women shoved women's safe houses together with um, houses for men that suffering that, from alcohol uh, problems. But be the same ones that are abusing them Yeah, you next think door. You, you <laughs> Have them next door. Living in the same house. Yeah, well, that's right, yeah. What woman's going to go to that? Oh, well. Look, it's getting near that uh, time of the day, getting near near to 10 o'clock of the forenoon, words, and we'll have to be out of here, well, very shortly. I just want to say one last thing. Listener, listener, please. Be very careful next week. It's going to be very hot. Drink lots of water, but don't drink it from a bloody plastic bottle. Whatever you do, do not buy Plastic bottles of water. If you have some at home, an old one, fill it up from your tap, for God's sake. It's the same stuff you're buying. It's tap water. They've got places in Australia now where no one has water. For example, um, in, in the Tambourine Mountains, which is in a Gold Coast, they've had to close schools and workplaces because there's no water. The government's trucking in water. At the same time, they're passing trucks who are trucking out water to put in bottles for you to buy Or let me do a quick ad for no pay, be like me and buy a soda stream. I will look back look, weeds, we go out in the same old way. Dare to struggle. Dare to win. If you don't fight You you lose. lose. And it's good morning from left after breakfast. And goodbye, weeds, thank you. Thank you, Comrade. Thank you, listeners.